Blog Talk Radio. Circumstances can't stop me And neither will they block me Today I feel unmovable Nothing's impossible To walk on water To calm the sea To speak to mountains I can be free just being me Well, good morning, ladies Gentlemen, I am so glad that you guys have decided to join me. This is Dawn Marie Alexander Borsico, your host of the Process 319 Unleashed and your Renewed Life Coach. I hope that you guys are having an awesome day in the Lord. Well, you know, every day that we get to wake up and see another day is a do-over. You guys know I always say that. So we get a do-over. So if we didn't get it right yesterday or five minutes ago, God is so faithful that he allows us to have 24 hours in a day to do it over again. We can count the seconds and the minutes. So let us rejoice in that. And you know we always open with a word of prayer because I want to make sure that I pray for all of those who took the time to listen or who may be going through something. Let's lift you guys up today. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. For these, your people, those who've chosen to listen, those who've chosen to say, hey, I'm going to stop by today and see what is this process 319 unleash all about. Father God, we just pray that they will hear something today that will encourage them, that will set them on their way, that will give an aha moment, a, a rhema in the word that says, hey, I can, I can do this. I sense God's love for me. I pray, though, Father, for those who may be going through family issues, financial issues, health issues, struggling on their job. Maybe they're just kind of confused with where they're supposed to be in life. I just thank you, God, that you're moving, that you're speaking, that they're taking the time to find you in your word throughout the day, through everything. I pray, Mother God, that you are ministering to those areas that only you can minister to. Nothing is impossible with you, God. No financial situation, no health situation. Nothing is impossible with you. So, Father God, I thank you for these, your people. And, Father, I pray that whatever I teach this morning, which is placed in my heart to give these, your people, to those that have chosen to listen, I pray that it will minister to them and encourage them, whether they're listening online, live, or on demand later. I just pray, Father God, that you will minister to them right where they need. To be ministered to because only you know how to reach them. So we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I am like so thrilled, so glad that you guys chose to join me this morning. You know, it's always a pleasure to be able to share the word of God with you, what God has placed on my heart, and encourage you in, in the love of God, encourage you in the things of God, encourage you to take that next step, that next leap, to jump off the, the, the ledge of the cliff that we all feel that we're on sometimes, 
to really go deeper in the things of God. You know, a few weeks ago we did one on distractions, really being distracted by situations in our life. I mean, I've been distracted. Lord knows I've been distracted. But you know what I'm learning, guys, is that we can walk in freedom and that we can walk in love, in the love of God. And I was talking to someone yesterday, and we were just chatting, and I was like, you know, how do people blatantly some just walk away from God or just live any kind of way before the Lord? And she reminded me in a sweet way again that because God loves us. And then I thought about what I was speaking on the other day, and I thought, wow, God fiercely pursues our hearts. He, God, what is it like to be fiercely pursued by the love of God? When we really understand who we are outside of God, you know, the Bible says in Romans the wages of sin is death. The Bible says that for all have sinned, all, everybody, nobody on the earth is walking around without sin. And if we have been forgiven of sins, we're still going to have moments we mess up, maybe days or weeks or seasons where we're just struggling to get it right. Even in all of that, God is fiercely, he is fiercely pursuing our heart. And so I want to share with you this morning some scriptures and some ways that we can see how is God fiercely pursuing our heart. But I really wanted to look at this word fiercely. You know, I like that word fierce. You know, but what does it mean? There's a song that we sing, a worship song that we sing at church, and it talks about fierce. God is fiercely. But what does that look like? That word fierce is really defined as an aggressive in temperament. And it is marked by an unrestrained zeal or vehemence. It is furious, furiously active and determined. And I got that from the Miriam. Um, Webster Dictionary online. So let me read that again to you. So, I, But I want you to think about this, guys, in the terms of God's love for you like this. These are the, are the descriptions of how God loves you. And it is, it is aggressive in temperament. It is marked by an unrestrained zeal. Can you imagine that? An unrestrained zeal that God has for us. Or it's, it's, a, it's vehement, it's determined, it's, it's, it's going to do all that it can to get through to us of his great love. He is furiously determined. So think about that. Just take a moment and think about what are some things that you could maybe stop and think and see how God is actively pursuing you. Maybe you're still on your job. Maybe he's giving you those glimmers of peace or joy in the midst of a traumatic situation. Maybe he suddenly surrounded you with with friends or or family. Or maybe he's opened up a door that you thought was one way and it's another. Maybe you receive a letter in the mail. See, sometimes we think that God is this big, awesome, awesome, Ogre, or I think of the Wizard of Oz in the sky behind some curtain that's untouchable, that he only comes down for the big things in life. But that's not true. God fiercely loves us, and he fiercely knows 
about us. The Bible says that he knows the, the number of hairs on our head as the sands on the seashore, that he holds our tears in a bowl or in the palm of his hand. That sounds like someone who is fiercely loving us. But the greatest way that we experience the love of God is in what he allowed Jesus to do. He sent Jesus. But this wasn't this I'm a scratch my head kind of, oh, my Lord, how am I going to do this? From the moment of, in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned, the plan immediately then was established even before, of how he would win us back to his heart. And we are being fiercely, vehemently, aggressively, unrestrained, pursued by the love of God. And he uses people oftentimes to do it. He allows us to see new mercy every day. When we read Lamentations chapter 3, Verse 22, we see that his mercy, that there is no, we are being consumed by his compassion for us, that, that even though we mess up and we have these moments where we fail, we know that we have the love of God. We know that we have, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed by our situation. For his compassion never fails. Even when we mess up, blew it, jacked it up, wonder why, oh, my God, how did we do that? His great compassion does not fail. You know, folks were failures. People people fail. And, and it's funny because we are to love God and, and uh, we are to love God. We're to love people and trust God. Love people, trust God. Love people, trust God. Love people, trust God. Why do I say that? Even though God uses people, people will come and they'll be that sandpaper in our life to get us to that next place, to birth out those that character in us. Wow, that's awesome. And that we can build relationships through that. And then he'll bring people alongside of us as laborers, as, as, as journey walkers, I, I could call them. They walk on that journey with us as we're going through situations, good or bad, that we can have someone to share with. But imagine that even when we blow it. And I don't know about you guys. I have, I mean, I have just took TNT and went like blew up stuff. And you're going, oh, my God, how could I have messed that up? But knowing that God's great love and compassion for us never fails. It never fails. You know, one of the, the, the theme scripture, I guess you could say, for this week, for this lesson, is Romans chapter 5. I so love the book of Romans. And I'm going to read, it, read this for you out of the uh, ESV, the English Standard Version. And you guys know I like to jump around from version to version. And it says here, starting at verse 6, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now 
been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. I mean, is that not, like, so awesome? And then we can go over in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 and see how this is a free gift. His death to us was a free gift. When we really go back and we read the Old Testament, we go through Leviticus and understand the blood sacrifices for the sins, that Jesus paid the price. His great love for us in pursuing, and we can see that continual pursuit up until the death of Jesus in the New Testament. And then afterwards, what did he do? He gives us this comforter, not this comforter. He gives us Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, Holy Spirit who is on us, dripping in us, surrounded. We're oozing with Holy Spirit, as we dive into more. The Bible says that if you seek me, you will find me, and I will show you great and mighty things that you know is not in Jeremiah 33, 3, one of my absolute favorite scriptures. But we read that he gives us new mercies each and every day. He's pursuing us when we read Romans chapter 1. And we see in Romans that when we don't really know if there's a God and we're wondering how did this happen, we can look at nature. We can look at the trees. We can look at the living in California. Your mind is blown by the beautiful mountains and the caverns and the valleys. If you live in Florida, the beautiful oceans and the the clear waters, the sandy beaches, the beautiful sun. When we stand out and know that there was an intelligent being, God, Jehovah, that created this for us to live, to reign, and have dominion. Oh, my God, is that not, like, off the chain? Is that not, like, so awe-inspiring that God would give all of this to us? And we just receive. We receive his love. We receive his healing. We can receive his peace. He's pursuing us by giving us peace. He pursues us by giving joy. And with the joy of, that, of the Lord, we gain what? We gain strength. With the joy of the Lord, we gain strength. With, with trials, we gain character and perseverance. These are all gifts and presents that God gives to us through relationship, our heart. He pursues it each and every day. Some of it may look like, oh, but I'm going through so much, and in the midst of it, God is saying, even through what you're going through, I am there. Many of us love the poem, The Footsteps, because we get the idea of God carrying us when we, when we are going through, of God carrying us. God carrying us through situations that um, we can't imagine and we wonder if he's there, but he's always there. He has given us 66 love letters that describe his character so that we can fully trust in and believe in who he is and what he has done for us. Reading John chapter three sixteen, for God did what? He so loved the world. He loved it. Imagine that great pursuing of love that requires nothing. That even though people will not 
receive him, even though folks will reject his love, reject what he did, he still did it. He, think of it, guys. His fierce pursuit of our hearts, his aggressive desire for us to get it, to know it, to receive it, that he died knowing that there will be thousands, maybe millions, that won't receive what I did for them. And yet we see his manifestation of his love throughout. I'm reminded of First Samuel, verse 8 and 19. Uh, we'll read the chapter, verse chapter 8, but it starts at like verse 19. When the, the children of Israel, they wanted a king. They wanted a man. They wanted a human like everybody else, forgetting what God had, what did for them and bringing them out of bondage, and bringing them out of bondage. Yes, God loves us, but this love is not a feeling. It's not a matter of agreement. It's not a matter of anything that we can do. It's all a matter of this great God, this awesome power loving us. And that's what he was saying to the children of Israel. I love you. You really, you don't need to depend on anybody but me. I am God. I am your provider. I fight your battles. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. We don't need to always prove and be right. Oh, ouch, yes, I said that. I know. Isn't that amazing? We don't have to fight for our rights suing us. And he's saying, you know what, I got you. Don't worry about it. I got you. You don't have to fight that battle. I got you. You don't have to worry about provision. I have you. Stay connected to me. Stay connected to my vine. Birth out the fruit of what I'm pouring into you. Isn't that, like, not so awesome that God will love us like that? And then he says in 1 John 5, verses 14 to 13 through 14, we'll go ahead and go there, that when it talks about that we can trust him and we can pray, believing that he hears us, believing that we're praying according to the word of God, that we can know that our prayers are answered. Is that not like the most awesome thing in the world to read? I want us to go there because I love that passage of Scripture, and it's a great example of, again, another aspect of how God pursues our heart. It says here, verses 14, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. That's another aspect of God fiercely pursuing us because who would want to be pursued by someone that can't keep their word? Who would want to be pursued by someone who doesn't listen to them? God listens to our heart, and he says, you know what? I have an answer for that, and I just read you guys an answer. We have 66 books full of the word of God that speak to how he pursues our hearts, how he desires for us to worship him, how he desires for us to know that you don't have to fix yourself up before you come to me. You just rest in me. You rest in me. Receive all the gifts and provisions that I've given you. Receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Receive the gifts of walking, of being controlled by the Holy Spirit that we learn about in Galatians. 
God is a faithful God, and he loves us with an everlasting love. When we go and we begin to read 1 Corinthians 13, if you get a chance, go there with me. I suggest reading it in the Amplified Bible because it really speaks to you. And I heard the Passion Bible is awesome when it comes to that too. And it's really good just to have that extra, those extra words, those extra descriptions of who God is calling us and what he's giving and providing to us. But this love that God has for us, I want you guys to think of it in light of who you are and in light of who he is. So we know how we have moments of frailty. We don't choose to live there. That's not who we are. We are now new creatures in Christ. We are now walking in the things of God. We are not making sin a habitual part of our life. We are daughters and sons. We are no longer servants. So we are walking in this place with God. But we do have these moments of frailty. So I'm going to read this to you. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. You know, it does not insist on its own way. Let's think about this. When God is pursuing us and it's fierce, even though God knows that he's the way and, and, and God is God and he knows, he still gives us that freedom to choose. He doesn't insist on do, on it, on forcing us to worship him and on forcing us to do him. He goes, I'm here. I love you. I care about you. I'm not going to force you to do this. Isn't that awesome that God doesn't push us? And it says that even in love, we can apply that there. And it's not irritable or resentful. So in other words, if, if he doesn't need to be resentful or irritable if we don't receive. That's what I call a fierce pursuit, a fierce pursuit of allowing us to receive, a fierce pursuit of just saying, you know what, freedom to be who you are, freedom to be who I created you to be. That's awesome. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. I mean, think about what we've put God through when we're blatantly disobedient, but he's fiercely pursuing us, fiercely. So and he doesn't hold it against us. So guess what? We need not hold it against ourselves. We can rise up in the things of God, rising up in God's love and go, you know what? God's love doesn't hold this against me. God's love isn't boasting and look at what I did wrong and oh, what's wrong with me. God's love is saying, I don't do that. I forgive you. I love you in spite of. Now, as Jesus said to the woman who was caught in adultery, now go and sin no more. Oh, my gosh, that is such great love. That is such great love. And he's fiercely, fiercely pursuing us with that love, fiercely saying, I've got you, fiercely saying, don't worry, fiercely saying, don't worry about it. I have you. We can read John, and through the through uh, uh, through uh, I'm sorry, Matthew through John went backwards there. Matthew through John in the Gospels, and we can see an extraordinary love that God has for us. And guess what? He allows us to give it to other people. Oh my gosh! News flash! We get to give this fierce pursuit to others and just love them where they are not making them change, not causing them to change, not blasting their sin in front of them, 
I mean, I think we all wake up in the morning and know where we missed it. I think we do. And thank God for his grace. Thank God for his mercy. Oh, those are other gifts that he gives in his great pursuit for his love for us. So I I hope this is encouraging you guys this morning. I hope that you're receiving it as we go into Sunday being Palm Sunday and understanding what this week is going to mean, that we don't take it lightly when the world calls it Easter. It's resurrection time. It's this this season where where we should be reflective on what Christ did, on this gift, this great and awesome gift that he gave to show his fierce pursuit of our heart. I don't know about you guys, but when I think of his fierce pursuit, I just worship. Sometimes I weep or I cry. Sometimes I'm just ecstatic with joy that he desires us that he wants to be with us, that his fierce pursuit desires to take us out of any situation that's not like him and place us somewhere else. All we have to do is receive this love that he's pursuing us with, and it doesn't stop there. It just gets more and more. So I hope, again, that this has ministered to you guys. I hope it's blessed you. If you don't know Christ today, if for some odd reason you've been in church and you were hurt in church because of people, I apologize and I say forgive them. And I, I implore you, I ask you, give it another shot. Ask the Holy, ask Holy Spirit, where should I go? Lead me to a place where I can experience God's love the way you intended it. Because we all desire that community because God loves you. If you've never met Jesus, I invite you to meet him. Meet him again. This is not about religion. This is all about sharing and knowing God for who he is. So I invite you today, if you don't know him or if you need to rededicate, ask God to come into your life, not religion. But admit that the way that you're going right now, what you're doing, that your way really isn't working. It's not getting you to that desired place. And you want to experience this fierce love of Jesus, this fierce love of God. I invite you to experience his peace. Experience his peace. Ask him to come into your life today. Admit that in your current state, you're a sinner. You can't get it right. It's not going to happen. And you choose to receive what he did on the cross. You choose to receive his fierce love for you by accepting what his son did. And just in Jesus' name. You could be in your car. You could be in the bathroom, in your office. It doesn't matter. It's between you and Jesus. So I hope that you guys did that. I'm going to play the song Freedom for You. You can be free. And I hope that it blesses you guys. And I look forward to speaking with you and having you on the line next week. Love you. Who gives me strength? He gives me strength. 
Free the sea to mountains. I can be free just being me.